Hello and welcome to Aboriginal Way Radio. I'm Joy Luthien. Every day across Australia, children as young as 10 can be arrested by police, taken before a court and locked in detention. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children are disproportionately impacted by these laws. They account for well over half of these younger children going into prison. Children in that age bracket are going through a period of significant growth and development and forcing them through a criminal legal process in those formative years can cause immense harm to their health, well-being and future. Children who are arrested before the age of 14 are three times more likely to commit offences as adults. There's a growing movement for change through the Raise the Age campaign, where Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organisations, expert United Nations bodies, human rights organisations, medical and legal bodies and academics have all called for Australia to raise the minimum age of criminal responsibility, both nationally and internationally. A recent national push to raise the age stalled when federal, state and territory attorney generals agreed that more work needs to be done to find alternatives to deal with young offenders. Experts in this area who are looking into alternatives include the Honourable Dr Robin Layton AOQC, a former South Australian Supreme Court judge whose own interest in this began when she authored the South Australian Child Protection Review in 2003, which has since become known as the Layton Report. Dr Layton and many others believe that there are solutions if Australia took a rehabilitative approach through public health. I'm speaking with Dr Layton on the show today. My name's Robin Layton and I'm a, I don't know what to call myself, I suppose I'll call myself a retired Supreme Court judge and I currently work as a judicial and education uh, consultant um, internationally. And can you give us an idea of how many children between the ages of 10 and 13 do go to juvenile detention around Australia? Some of this is not easily available or publicly available. Mm. There would be people who would know this, but trying to get public information is something else. What I've been using is the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, uh, the 2019 figures, which, first of all, dealing first of all with the 10 to age 18 group, on any day there are between 900 and 1,000 children in that age group in detention. And of those, more than half are Aboriginal children, and they are only 5% of the total population of children. So the disparity of Aboriginal children is enormous. Now, when you're talking about the age group of 10 to 13, the information I have uh, found is from Dr. Kelly Richardson, or Richards, I think her name is, um, and she is an expert in the area. And she says there are approximately 600 children between the ages of 10 and 13 in Australian detention at any time. And uh, also, uh, she comments that um, children uh, before, when they are arrested before the age of 14 are three times more likely to commit offences as adults. Mm. But some of this is not as, as sound information as I would like, but that's the best information I can find on that topic. Mm, thank you for that. Um, what do you think the minimum age for children to go to detention should be? 
Well, I think the minimum age ought to be that which is recommended by the United Nations Committee on the Rights of Children, which in 2019 said the minimum age should be 14. And I agree with that for a number of reasons. It fits in with their cognitive capacity and capability because children under that age are really not able to reflect on what they are doing, understand the nature and quality of their act, and then be able to understand consequences. Not just simple consequences, but the consequences of poor behaviour, if I can put it that way. Uh, often the children that are offending within that age group have got delayed development, disabilities, a lot of mental health. In particular, it's been found that uh, Fetal alcohol syndrome is a significant feature of delayed development of children in those age ranges and uh, specifically Aboriginal people on the whole are more likely because of their level of disadvantage overall to be at a higher level in all of those factors than non-Aboriginal children. Now, I've heard that Australian standards in this area are well out of step with international standards. What are some of these standards around the world? Well, some of the standards are very different. Um, You've got Belgium, the age is 18 for criminal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Japan, Portugal, Spain is 16. Scandinavian countries and Iceland, 15. Austria, Germany and other uh, Eastern countries, Eastern European countries 14, and New Zealand is 14, uh, with the exception of murder and manslaughter, which is 10. Now, I find that rather unusual, but in any event, the usual age of criminal responsibility is 14 there. Right. So no, no detention at all before those ages? No, there's got to be other measures mm. to deal with the behaviour. Having regard to uh, the that they are children, Mm. they are not adults, they are different from Mm. adults. And um, what do you think should happen to children in that age bracket who do get into serious trouble instead? I think we've got to take a public health response, and this is what many people are saying, I'm not unique in saying Mm. this. And a public health response looks at three levels. Uh, First of all, instead of taking protection as the first response, and people think locking up, is protection. Protection from the community and protection for the child. That shouldn't be the first response. The first response should be preventing, which is promoting safety and security to start off with. And then the next response should be preventive interventions. And that is often built around keeping children in community and keeping them with family where they can. And only at the last resort should there be protection where a child might be removed from a particular family, but still should not be put in detention circumstances, which are just like prisons. Mm. And the regime is just like prisons. So they shouldn't be there anyhow. Mm. And uh, so you still believe that children should receive consequences for their actions, obviously. What about if if someone in that age group does commit a very serious crime? Yes, well, it doesn't happen very often. No. And again, I think one's got to look at the overall circumstances. Mm. Now, 
with somebody that's committed a very serious crime, understanding the background of that child, why that child committed the crime, what were all the circumstances, and what is the best way for rehabilitation. One's not looking so much at punitive measures. One's looking at understanding the behaviour, preventing it happening in the future, and getting the child to understand that that behaviour is unacceptable. It doesn't mean that you just pretend it doesn't happen, but you've got to take a rehabilitative approach with a child. You're obviously quite passionate about this issue. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what got you interested in this area? Well, I've been interested in the area for many years. It's hard to think when it first started because I used to act in the children's court years ago. Mm. But I think it really came to, a, uh, to prominence for me. I think it was in 2003 when I did the um, uh, protection, uh, what was it called? A report on how to deal with uh, children in the system. Um, I've forgotten what the name of the report was. I think they refer to it as the Leighton Report now, don't they? (laughs) And that's when I really delved into it. Mm. And I looked at uh, regulations, rules, I looked at the social responses, I looked particularly at Aboriginal uh, figures and statistics and ways. So that's when it really started. And from then I have been advocating for some years about uh, various ways of dealing with children and in particular involving Aboriginal people in what the responses should be. What we've done on the whole, and bearing in mind the over-representation of Aboriginal children in all of this, is we tend to dictate, as a white community, how Aboriginal people ought to deal with the situation. It is absolutely appropriate, particularly now that there's a national... um, agreement uh, between all states and territories to closing the gap in 2020 and many of the targets that have been set collectively between all states and territories and Aboriginal communities is to reduce it and one of the means of reducing it is through justice reinvestment and that's one of the areas I'm working in at the moment. I've only seen at the moment changes for the worse in terms of the numbers Mm. because the incarceration rates keep going up, the prison rates keep going Mm. up all over as well as with children. So there are some really good initiatives that are addressing some features uh, and that includes uh, with youth uh, where there are small places where youth can go that are not prisons, but they are enabled to have a secure environment, to have people there that can give them uh, assistance for counselling, to keep on with their education. And this is particularly being done with Junction Australia that I'm a patron of. Uh, So they have been doing small amounts of work and there are other pockets around, Uh, but the initiative I'm looking at the moment is in Port Adelaide, which is a justice reinvestment uh, project and uh, that is driven by Aboriginal people, leaders, and it's called the Tirupindi Wadley Group, and they are taking a holistic approach to try and stop incarceration Mm -hmm. in particular of children. And the uh, approach they take is for engaging children to keep up with their schooling, so they've got various programs on that, Uh, engaging men to be more connected to their children, So there are men's groups 
There is a family connection group where if a family is in problems, then they'll work with mentors and have uh, various services brought to bear to make sure that the family is best able to support the, the children living at home in the community with supports. So that is going very well and uh, we have been funded by the government in part for that and we've got our second tranche of money uh, up until 2021 and we've been doing very well with it. So that's one of the initiatives at the community level. That's great to hear. I was going to ask whether you feel as though voices on this matter are being heard. I think they're increasingly being heard. And the very fact that you've got the Close the Gap National Report is indicating that there is a groundswell by Aboriginal people, for a start, to make sure their voices are heard. And I'm part of the support for Aboriginal people having their voices heard. I'm talking in support of them, not in lieu of them. If this is resonating with people listening, what can they do? They can write to their local members because at the moment what's happened nationally is that the ministers at the national level decided they would keep on hold this issue of raising the age. And so it means that children are still going into detention. The ACT has recently said, no, we're going to raise the criminal age to 14. And there's no reason why every state and territory individually couldn't do that. And so I'd be urging everyone to write to their various members, and in particular the senior members, the Premier and the Attorney-General and those that make decisions on this, to say we support it. As a community, we support that children of the age of 10 to 14 should not be criminally responsible for their acts, but instead they should be dealt with in a different way by diversionary schemes in a community. That's great. Great advice. And was there anything else that you wanted to say on the matter? No, but the sooner we do it, the better it will be. Um, Because keeping children out of detention is primary. They're the most vulnerable in our community. And that's not a good way to let them know what they are doing is wrong. And the statistics show that they keep on repeating and there's recidivism. We keep doing it. That was Dr Robin Layton, who spoke to me about raising the age for Aboriginal Way. Thanks for listening to Aboriginal Way Radio this week. The show is brought to you by South Australian Native Title Services. Bye!